Hudson Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. One of our favorite moments of the week because we get a chat with a good friend of ours from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. You know him, you love him, and he's forgotten more about basketball than you'll ever know. Kurt Elon joins us. Kurt, how are you? Hey, Kurt. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but thank you. I, I, I'd like to think I at least forgot it at the bottom of a scotch glass. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Kurt, obviously a lot going on. Uh, you know, uh, the Jazz have kind of gotten out of the all-star break and a little bit of hangover. The Lakers had some issues. The Clippers had some issues. Portland has had a few issues. You look at their records since the uh, – uh, going into the All-Star break and the out, it's not great. Is there traditionally kind of that post-All-Star uh, post break kind of lull for some of the upper teams? I, I think it is pretty common. It's, it's kind of you get into the dog days now where you get out of the All-Star break. And I don't want, the playoff seedings aren't set. I mean, Utah's still going to have to fight for the one seed a little bit, but you're in, right? Like, it, you're not like, oh, man, we, we've got, you know, you're not scrambling. You're not in that 6-7-8 type of range. And so there is a little – put off the gas and a little, you know, I don't want to say guys are taking a rest, but there's just mentally teams tend to, some teams tend to let up a little bit. And in the Lakers case, you know, they still don't have Anthony Davis. There's other teams dealing with injury issues. So I think there's a lot of stuff that kind of just comes together and causes teams to kind of lose it a little. And the good teams, they turn it around pretty quickly. And then they, they set their, they set their targets. You know, you, you know, with, you want to make a little push with 15 games left and then be able to really ideally take your foot off the gas in the last five to, you know, rest going into the playoffs. But we'll see where it, it kind of depends on where you're at. Kurt, coming out of all-star break and, and obviously going into all-star break is, as Scotty mentioned, I'm just curious where you've got the jazz ranked in your power rankings. Uh, I think they, I've got, I'll tell my head. I've got to, I did that yesterday and you think I'd remember. Um, I want to say I, they fell to um, Lakers had won three in a row. They'd stumbled a little. Um, obviously, Brooklyn's been hot, and Philadelphia's been hot, and Phoenix has stayed pretty solid. Even even if I'm not sold as them as a postseason team, they've been playing really well in the regular season. So I think Utah slipped back to six behind the Lakers, but still ahead of Denver and the Clippers. Kurt Heelan joining us right here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, so let's talk about the Jazz a little bit. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, they played Houston, who's, you know, a dumpster fire. Yeah. And then they got the, you know, they, they got Boston. They've got three more games on this Eastern road trip against teams that aren't having, win, you know, that don't have winning records. Should the Jazz go 3-0 and to finish this stretch? It's tough on the road, especially right now. Guys go a little nuts with the uh, restrictions that are on them. I, I ultimately think more guys will get the vaccine than it's kind of going to end up like society where everybody's like, I'm not sure about the vaccine. Oh, wait, I get to do more things? Yeah, I'll, okay, I'm in. Um, I, you're going to see a little of that because they want to get back to being able to go see people and go out a little more on the road. That's it. Probably too, uh, my guess is you'd be you'd like to win all three if you're two and one. That's probably what you project because there's just nights on the road where either the either the home team is hot or you're just you know especially the last game of a road trip. There tends to be a what time is the flight home attitude. You know it's it's the last day before summer vacation and you, nobody's focused so. Um, that's possible, but again, these are beatable teams, and if you want to win that one seed, these are the kind of games you do need to pick up. Kurt, do you think that the NBA is going to continue with some type of NBA, NBPA wide sweeping vaccine effort, or do you think each individual team will follow in state protocols and uh, and guidelines uh, for vaccination? They're going to follow it in state. Um, pretty much, although I think that 
you know, Utah, like, players became available. Um, not you, but not Utah. Um, was it Utah? Who got? No, it was Pelicans. Pelicans got um, some guys vaccinated just because they're of where things were in Louisiana. I think, though, I think their real goal is to have it in place and get as many players as want to be vaccinated as they can before the playoffs. I don't, I don't think they're going to try to jump the line, but their hope is that by the time we're getting into late May and June, most of the guys who want to be vaccinated are just so you don't run into, hey, Joel Embiid's missing four games for a con, you know, for contact tracing when, you know, it, it, you're really changing playoff series at that point. So I, I think that that's, that's the ultimate hope, but they plan to follow. They've been really adamant about not jumping the line just because that would be a, a really bad PR hit. Well, early on in the pandemic, they didn't want NBA teams to get tested because they didn't want to take tests away from people that right. needed them. And I think the same thing with the vaccine. But now that it seems like it's wholly available, uh, it sounds like the league's like, let's roll. Any, anywhere you, where you can get it under, uh, you know, like yeah. you mentioned, here in the state of Utah on, on next Wednesday, it'll be available to anybody who wants one. Uh, and so I would imagine uh, maybe teams rolling in here to Utah on road trips are going to try to get a vaccine. Wouldn't be super shocking. And plus you get um... – I think a lot of states by early to mid-April, even the states that are that have that have struggled with rollout a little bit, are gonna. By the time you get to early to mid-April, just about everybody's gonna get it. And the advantage these teams have is they all have relationships with hospitals. Part of that's just business relationships, yeah. but part of it is that you have a relationship with a hospital, and that's where your players go when you know they when they're getting checked for an MRI if they don't have one in the building or those kind of things. Most teams, weirdly, most teams, a lot of teams have MRIs in the building now, but. Um, it, you know, they're, they're, they have these relationships with hospitals. Um, that just—that's what happened in 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 New Orleans. They're like, all right, we can get these guys done. They talked to the hospital, and it was done really quickly. And I, I think that's going to happen with a lot of players. Obviously, NBA now in the back half in the in the final push here, and I, and I am curious to get some of your thoughts on the MVP race. It feels really shook up right now, Kurt. Yeah. It absolutely is. I, you know, we we made our picks during the break. Um, Dan Feldman and myself from NBC Sports. I have Joel Embiid on top, and then he probably went out and but probably went out and hyperextended his knee and is going to miss a few weeks with a bone bruise. Um, first off, if you watched him land that time, he is lucky it's a bone bruise. <laughs> it, that looked yeah. That was one of those things that looked like it could have been a whole lot worse. But Joel Embiid, one of the issues with him was always was he going to be on the court enough? Um, and now that he's going to miss, you know, 10 games, give or take, um, th- that's certainly going to factor in. And it really does open the, this up. LeBron James has the narrative. Uh, Nikola Jokic has um, just insane numbers, and he's helped carry Denver. He was playing great when Denver wasn't, and now you know, Denver's kind of gotten its footing under him a little bit, and they're playing better. And – you go on down, and Damian Lillard has carried Portland for a long time, and he's been fantastic this year. But their defense is dreadful. It's it's much more it's much more wide open than I remember it. And normally at this point in the season, you're down to, hey, it's these two or these three guys, and and maybe there's a little debate, and maybe there's you know I, I maybe it's by the end of the season a little more clear cut. But right now, I feel like they're you know just coming out of the back stretch and turning they're not turning towards home yet on a horse race kind of thing that you know there's a there's a ways to go but it's a really clumped field and it's really hard to pick out who's 
there's four or five guys who could who could really make a run at this thing. Does uh, Myers Leonard have a job by the end of the season? Does he have a? I, I'm not sure Oklahoma City keeps him now. Yeah, right. You that's why. That's what I, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine he gets waived. Remember, he's already injured. For the he's out. He had shoulder surgery. He's out for the season anyway. Um, and they Miami kept him on the books just for this. You know, this kind of trade. This kind of the, using him as trade. You know, um, lever. You know, salary leverage, but. I can't Oklahoma city. It's just, it's not worth the PR hit for a guy who can't play for you. It's just yeah. like, you know, after everything that happened, you're just, just move on. He knows it's coming. I doubt he packed his bags. He probably stayed at his home in Miami. He probably will continue to work out and get, and get treatment at the heat facilities. I think since we've talked to you and I, I, don't know if we've had the chance to talk to you about Arison Isova. I I know that we kind of went through some different thoughts on Arison. Uh, I think we may have chatted with you a little bit, but as things have settled in on Arison Isova joining the Utah Jazz and and his potential fit, do you have any more thoughts on what he brings or what he can add or what his usage might even be with the Jazz? I think in the regular season, he certainly helps you. It gives you some depth. You know, lets guys rest a little bit, get some minutes. You know, you can get some. He's not a game changer, but you can get solid veteran minutes out of him. And then the hope is, because he can shoot as a big, um, the hope is that there's a playoff matchup. You know, when the play you get to the playoffs, as you guys know, listeners know, it's about matchups, right? It suddenly is, hey, they've got this and they've got this, and how can we exploit it? And there might be a matchup where. Ilyasova's ability to stretch the floor brings a defender out and opens some things up. And it, you know, it, we see this every year with role players. They are they're fantastic in the second round, and then you don't see them in the conference finals. And it's not that the player changed; it's just that the matchups changed. Hopefully, that there's. I think a lot of teams are looking at that. You know, if you're if you're getting if you're Brooklyn and you're getting Blake Griffin, you're hoping for the same thing. And and whoever lands Marcus Aldridge is kind of hoping for the same thing at this point. You're just a guy who can help you in certain matchups. And Ilyasova, I think, ultimately can do that. I remember uh, back when the Jazz drafted Gordon Hayward, Kevin O'Connor said that his performance in the NCAA tournament was what really kind of sealed the deal with the Jazz wanting to uh, bring him in. Uh, NCAA tournament kicks off today, and obviously I think Kate Cunningham's your number one overall guy, but yep. could a guy like Jalen Suggs or some of these other guys really improve their stock if they make a, make a good run and play really well? You know, you know what's funny? If you talk to front offices and you talk to scouts and, and people, they they essentially will tell you no because it's this year maybe a little different just because it's been such a weird year in terms of seeing guys and, and being in person and, and doing that. But that said, Dylan Suggs isn't a secret, right? Like, yeah. yeah, Kate Cunningham's going number one. But Suggs and, and these guys aren't a secret. You know what you're getting. And as much as you say that it won't, and they every year, man, no. If you haven't done your homework, if they're if you're being swayed by a couple of games, uh, then you're doing it. You know, the, the thought is you're doing it wrong. You know who gets swayed? Owners. Yeah. <laughs> the the guys point. who ultimately can walk in the room and go, "Hey, I just saw X, and I don't want to name any specific owners that have done this in the past and basically thrown their teams." Um, their team's, you know, draft board up in the air, but their their initials might be MJ. Um, <laughs> that, that, that 
you, you just can't watch you can't watch six games, you know, and say, oh, this guy's awesome, um, because again, it's it's college basketball is a different thing, and you just you need you need to go with what your draft board is. But that happens every year, man, and it's going to be interesting to see if anybody does that this year. I think the top five are pretty locked in. Um, it gets interesting after that. Well, jumping back to tonight's game, Utah Jazz, Washington Wizards. Uh, I know that there was some confusion on Russell Westbrook's availability coming up tonight. I know that we'll see Bradley Bill, who is one of the top scorers in the NBA. Hachimura apparently is available for tonight. But what should Jazz fans expect in general from this Washington Wizards team? And, and what should we expect as far as an outcome is concerned? First off, with the Wizards, I think what you're hoping for is Russell Westbrook plays so you can see some spectacular dunk misses. You know, he, uh. had, he had two genuinely spectacular dunk misses where the ball like flew out of bounds. He just missed. He slams it so hard. It's really, it's a really impressive miss. Um, he had two of those last night. Um, this is this is just not a good team. They, they, look, they can beat you. Some nights because Westbrook is still Westbrook and Bradley, like you said, Bradley Beal's leading the league in scoring. Bradley Beal is an elite, you know, all NBA, just can bucket getter at the highest level. And some nights he gets hot. But man, they're terrible defensively. They have no depth, really. Um, Hachimura's nice. They've got some okay young players, but um, this is a team that's got a long way to go to rebuild. And they've kind of been, ownership there has not wanted to tank is not wanted to be bad, and so they've just kind of been making short-term fixes for too long and not building something built better for the long term, and eventually they're going to need to do that, but the result is kind of a mismatched team. Utah should – this is a game Utah should slash needs to win. This is, this is a very beatable team, but it won't be easy because they will – they still will put up points, man, and Bradley Beal's still a problem. It's, he's, they're going to test your defense. So there's a, uh, you know, David Locks, our play-by-play guy here, and he comes on the show once a week, and he despises. I love David. He, yeah, he despises the game of college basketball. I mean, if I bring, <laughs> I, and I do it just because I know he hates it. Um, with that said, is do you, do you enjoy the tournament? Do you enjoy the college game? Because it is so different from the NBA, and I know a lot of guys that, that really are so immersed in the NBA really have a hard time watching college hoops. It, the, it, gets, it can be frustrating. Um, if you watch a lot of NBA basketball to kind of watch a college game or, frankly, a summer league game, um, just because it's not the drop in athleticism. It's the number of high IQ players are just yeah. it just goes down. And so you yeah. just you guys kind of like make mistakes or not see the read or not. You're like or not. So there is that guys purists get frustrated for me, though. I'm not that way. I think I've, we've talked about this before. I live um, a golf shot from where Long Beach State plays. Um uh, well, again, one of your golf shots. Mine is going to slice off into the parking lot and break a windshield on somebody's <laughs> car. But, like, I'm not far from there. And we've had, uh, up until, you know, <laughs> up until this, uh, we've had season tickets. And I try to go as much as I can because that's the place. I still love basketball. And I just want to go watch a game with a beer, a team I can root for, even if they're not great all, you know, every year. And... Just enjoy it for the experience. And, you know, my wife will smack me because I'll be like, why are you not showing out on that pick and roll? That, you know, like, I'll start calling out, like, <laughs> getting frustrated with play. 
But to me, it's still, and I think for college, for me, watching the tournament, I mean, if I watch the tournament now, I'm going to be hunting Cunningham and Suggs and guys I just don't get to see enough of, um, you know, some, some draft guys. But um, guys I should know better for the draft than I do. But for me, it's also just the escape. It's just a chance to watch a basketball game and not have to think about storylines or Twitter or anything. You know what? I just get to go be a basketball fan again. It's, it's, that's, that's my college basketball remains my refuge for that. Yeah. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Thanks for your time as always. And uh, look forward to catch up again next week. Take care, guys. Thanks, Kurt. You got it. Kurt Heelan right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.